Good day and welcome to episode 109 of the Plus One Player Podcast. It's been two weeks, but we're back. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and this week I'm joined by the man who's just happy to be here. It's Matt O'Neill. Matt O, how you doing this week? Steve, I'm so happy to be here. I know, you subbed in at the last minute. I know, we're happy to have you. Happy New here. Year. Yeah. Lo and behold, Happy New Year. 2020. New Year's miracle. Yeah, and it's New Year, same dysfunctional podcast we're here to talk about some fun things and this week we're joined by a great friend of the podcast any of you fans of that three episode destiny podcast we did will know her it's maria maria how are you doing hello everybody i'm very excited to have like this very chill very calm conversation with you guys i'm sure there will be no arguments whatsoever I'm gonna be Yo, so it's... angry if your ten don't match mine. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a reasonable conversation, folks. We're gonna be talking about some games because what better way to kick off the first episode of the new year by talking about all the games of the last decade? So I think this is a good start for 2020 because what we're gonna do since we took a couple of weeks off to refresh the batteries, spend some time with family and friends over the holidays, and ring in the new year with some good folks and some good times. So now we're going to spend that time to talk about the best games of the past decade. So what we're going to do this week, we've all compiled our own sort of top 10 lists, some numbered, some not. And so (laughs) we're going to each go through our top 10 games of the decade, give a little bit of a reason why we think these games are on our list, why they think, you know, we think that they've had such a lasting impact over the years. And then we're going to try to rationally and reasonably come to a consensus on a top 10 for the games of the decade i'm sure we'll figure it out so i mean i i got a, i got a good list of games i'm sure you guys got some good ones too i do i do i spent uh valuable work time putting this list together so that's what you should be doing work yeah. notebook paper it's right here <laughs> your boss comes over and she's like oh what are you doing actually and you're like i'm working on the top 10 games of the decade she goes oh 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 take your time take your time please no rush you can't rush art. And uh, let's just throw it out there now for all you folks out there, because you're going to listen to this. and I'm sure you're going to agree with us and you're going to disagree with us. So give us a call with perhaps some of the games that really resonated with you this past decade. Give us a call at 347-509-5620 and we'll listen to another episode of the podcast and then we'll tell you how right or wrong you are. You're probably wrong, though, because if it's not on our list, then it's definitely wrong. So I think we should really just kick it off. It's 2020. Let's get into it. Maria, you're the special guest. You're joining us on this lovely Wednesday evening. So why don't you kick it off with your top 10 games of the 2010s, the 20-teens. Oh, my God. Um, so should I go through all 10 of them? So we're going to go 10, 10, 10? I, yeah. Okay. What, what I would say is, well, yeah, we'll go 10, 10, 10, and I imagine there will probably be some crossover. And so if we have a game that, you know, is on our list that you mentioned on yours, that's when we can all kind of talk about that game. Okay, cool. So nice order. Mine are numbered. It's very loose. Very nice. Loose numbering system, <laughs> um, but not in particular favorites, but I think in terms of my personal enjoyment. And then when I was also thinking of parameters for these games, it's my personal enjoyment, and then it's also like impact on the culture and of course right. i mean gamer mm. culture the most important culture there is oh yeah i mean it's probably the most sophisticated of all cultures yes. too the one <laughs> yeah. true culture of course the one true, <laughs> one true culture. 
<laughs> can be only one. So my number 10 game is the 2011 classic Todd Howard's Skyrim Elder Scrolls. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. It that was be. on the list. It you you got to put it on. I own it on at least four. I, I do literally four systems. Only four systems? Only four. Oh wow, I know. Four <laughs> systems. Um, I There's an Amazon Alexa version of it. I think that ended up being legitimate. <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> There's m- hundreds of thousands of mods for it. I mean, how else can you start a list without Skyrim? Yeah, um, it's it's definitely the only game on any of our list that has g- it's going to have the amount of releases that it's had. Yeah. So that alone <laughs> yes. is impressive enough. It is, and I'll I'll venture to say I think I like it most on Switch, but I'm also not a PC player, so. Mm-hmm. I have an experience. Yeah, see, yeah, Switch, you can play it on the go. Yeah. You can. That was actually one of the first purchases I bought with my Switch, but I actually recently I, I traded it in because I realized I wasn't playing it enough, and I, I have it on PS4, and I have it on PS3 if I really want to get crazy with it. So I was also one of those who have bought it multiple times, played <laughs> through it multiple times, had hours upon hours of enjoyment, and because this was really one of those like first RPGs for me, and it kind of came at a time in my life when I needed a game like that, mm-hmm. I, I started playing it like right after in, in my senior year. I tore my ACL, so I had to have ACL surgery, and so it kind of came at a perfect time when I was like, "Well, I have to lay in bed all day, and I'm on painkillers, so let's get crazy." <laughs> and I just got lost in that world, and it, it was great. It is. I mean, what yeah. game can you? you know carry around a sledgehammer and at the same time get caught in a vampire dungeon and then every time you load your save it's the same spot in that dungeon you just have to start the game over i mean where else do you (laughs) guess i'll be a khajiit (laughs) um my number nine game is another one with uh legs the size of skyscrapers 2013's grand theft auto 5 Another game also I own. Also on the list. Another oh, yeah. game I own on multiple systems. And surprisingly, I really haven't dabbled that much in the online. It's oh, the story mode. I'm obsessed with the way they did that story. Where I could go between the three characters. Trevor is like my favorite. My <laughs> Trevor is the best. Trevor's the best. Michael's the worst. Michael is but the worst. <laughs> you have to you have to do you have it on PS4? I do. All right, we got to bring you because they actually just they're they're I don't know if they just unveiled it or if they're going to, but they're going to have a heist in the casino, their fucking new crazy casino. You got to come and do one of the heists sometimes. I actually have a couple of friends who do still have Grand Theft Auto. And so we did the heists and Mm -hmm. it was a blast. Like the heists are some of the most fun I've had in online gaming. Like once you get past the shitty Rockstar controls, Mm -hmm. it is a lot of fun. Oh, I'll have to check it out then. But Wasn't yeah, that heist, one I like not oh, I'm sorry, in go it ahead. forever. Yeah. Oh yeah, god. Yeah. <laughs> like they like we're gonna have heist. Don't worry. Oh come. my god, dude. I remember I remember when we first started playing Grand Theft Auto Five on PS3 online, it was like bare bones. The only game that you could play that would get like good money was the survival mode where you just if you lasted all twenty rounds, you each got twenty grand. And like that was like the most money you could make in a game mode. And we would just sit there like, well, heists are coming, heists are coming. And then we literally just all stopped playing. And then like a year later, I remember I texted all my friends. I was like, guys, 
the heists are here. <laughs> we finally got on and started playing. But before that, it was literally just dicking around online. We would go and hold up convenience stores. We yeah. would do the survival mode, and then we would just take turns blowing each other up in helicopters. <laughs> Which, yep. you know, that's fun. Yeah, um, I know. Just trolling other people. Yeah, well, Grand Theft Auto V was my first ever online gaming experience where you just, like, randomly turned, turned your mic on. And uh, yeah. I think it was a young girl from the UK, I'm, I'm sp- only going by accent, trolling me. That was the first time I've ever been called, like the C word and a bunch of other things just randomly. And I was like, Oh my goodness. This is, I think the quintessential online gaming experience. I'm so glad wow. to be, have been a part of it. That's what I'm saying. That's the culture, yeah. the culture, wow. the culture. Yeah. There yes. are some real turds online though, for sure. It's, it's all part of the culture, man. The culture. Yeah. That's the, the the, culture. I remember like when the tanks first like came out and like, cause you had to be, I think, I think it was like level 70 or some shit to get a tank. And it was kind of hard to rank up in the early stages just because the game modes didn't really get you a lot of XP or a lot of dollars. So eventually when you got to the point where you could use a tank, you were probably like the only person in your server who had a tank and you were just blowing people up. And I was like, well, fuck, this server sucks. <laughs> I did because I, I found out I had a lot more fun when you when they had like the CEO stuff and the motorcycle club stuff and like the VIP thing. So you could do all these different missions and like you could have like your own corporate enterprise where you're stealing cars and doing like cargo runs um, and obviously that is a problem because when you're doing those things, it opens up to the whole map so people can blow your shit up. But I found this crew online. I was just like Googling, uh, basically like find easy ways to get into like good lobbies in Grand Theft Auto. And it's this crew that's just like, they're all trying to do CEO work. So when you're part of that clan, you just keep spamming for a lobby. That's all that clan. Mm-hmm. And you can just do whatever you want. They don't fuck with you. And then if somebody comes in, that's not part of the clan. We just all vote them out. And it was actually <laughs> pretty great. I ended up making a lot of money and I, I, uh, I still want to buy the Batmobile. That's still on my list. I got to get that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what, what other game are we, can you talk about blowing up helicopters, buying the Batmobile? I mean, yeah, it's truly amazing. There was like a two week period, I think two months ago that I just got back into online play and I, I just spent a bunch of time again. And I was like, wow, I forgot how addicting this game was. Yeah, you're really Because the casino's pretty tight. Like you got to go into the casino because obviously it's all your fake game money. But you like the gambling is fun. <laughs> I was like playing blackjack for like two hours. And I was like, holy shit, I got I to gotta stop. <laughs> all right. So my number eight game I have on here is 2016's Stardew Valley. Um, Of course. Stardew Valley, I think, is a really special game. I grew up playing the Harvest Moon games, and I thought this really captured that and then added um, those other activities besides, like, the plant, the seed, water the seeds, sell the plant, buy more seeds, that loop. It also introduced, like, the mining and... And it gave you characters similar to the Harvest Moon games where you could marry characters and whatever. But these ones had deep stories. And something else that was important that I think Stardew Valley accomplished was it brought in people who couldn't give two shits about gaming. Like, I have had multiple uh, co-workers, friends, family members who are not into gaming at all but have literal spreadsheets of what to plant <laughs> when in Stardew Valley and they're just obsessed oh with God. it and it's I think it really like tapped into all that 
that uh what is it where you like to control things and can't think of the word for it but it's that part of your brain management type deal yes yes i think it's such it's such a good game i also have that on multiple platforms so it's just i know christine christine was kind of selling me on it a couple episodes ago because like it does sound like one of those things where you could just kind of relax with you know absolutely (laughs) definitely be on her list for sure yeah and i think because like it's so renowned at this point like because what you were saying like it has a wide reach like it's Mm -hmm. not just for one particular group you can get people who have played games for their whole lives and people who have never played a game before but like this is like that right little itch that they needed scratch they're like wow this is how i can spend a ton of time and then you get them to buy a switch yeah and that's how nintendo <laughs> makes all their money <laughs> for a 14 dollar indie please buy yeah. it <laughs> but yeah. it, it is i really can't stress enough um like one of the one of the characters shane he's usually my go-to mary uh person but his his story as you get to know him more he's kind of just like a gruff guy and then as you increase your relationship with him as you get your hearts up and you have like each person has like a little cutscene-esque type of uh scenario he's he's really like he he doesn't like himself he thinks he's a fuck up and a failure and you're kind of helping him see that he's more than that and it's like holy shit i came here to plant some seeds and you're (laughs) giving me like the feels here so i mean it's actually just like it's great you're just marrying shane from the walking dead like that's all that that is (laughs) coral And um, speaking of feels, number seven is 2013's Gone Home, which is um, Ooh, kind of a representative call. of the, that whole walking sim genre. But I think Gone yeah. Home did it first and they did it best. Um, I mm. remember I played that game. I had no knowledge of what it was. I knew absolutely nothing about it. I turned it on thinking it was a horror game. And then I went through it. I did. Because I'm looking around the house. My family's gone. I was like, oh, my God. And then it grows into this learning more about You're waiting for the the PT girl to show up behind you. Yes. Yes. And it really, that that story really touched me. It was was brilliant for like a a few hours. I mean, it was probably one of my, it's one of my favorite stories of, of any medium, including like books, movies. TV shows Gone Home is really really excellent. Wow. Yeah, I ended up playing that one uh, only a couple years ago because I ended up playing it when it came to uh, PS Plus. That's honestly how I've stumbled on a good amount of games like PS Plus, Xbox Games Pass, like all those deals. That shit has been a godsend because I ended, like I never really would have went out of my way to probably play Gone Home, and then because it was free, I sunk like only like two or three hours that it took, and I got swept up into it it's such a well-told story it's it's so emotional it's like that one and like what remains of edith finch always stick out to me as like they're they're those games that there's not a whole lot to them but they never leave you like you'll always remember that time you had with it yeah it's very personal yes yes it's not just like whoa wasn't that so like weren't you so touched when you blew up that planet wow It's very, like, relatable and, like... Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was also one of the first games I played that it was like, oh, wow, games can be like this. Like, games don't have to be, like, the shooty-shooty. Even though those Mm -hmm. are great, I do love a good shooty-shooty, but... I know, I have one of those style on my list, uh, so when we get to that, 
I'm, I, I'm, I, it might actually be on one of yours. We'll see. I we'll guess see. we'll see. It's a popular game. <laughs> um, so in the vein of storytelling, number six is 2013's The Last of Us. Again, yeah. a game oh, that yeah. kind of transcends gaming because it. Um, I think that also brought in people who don't really play games or, or people. That's one of those games where you can sit and watch someone play it and it, it, you have the yep. same emotional impact. Um, very excited for the sequel. I don't know if I can say more that hasn't already been said about the game, but uh, it's definitely yeah, know, right? <laughs> definitely game of one of the games of the decades. I'm sure. That, we'll- yeah, because that was that was one of those ones where like, because I was already a fan of Naughty Dog, and then that was pretty much the last big PS3 game before the PS4 came out. So I'd been looking forward to it forever, and I remember I just couldn't stop playing it when it came out and then when it came out again for ps4 i bought it on release day and honestly it ran so much better on ps4 that's what i played <laughs> you it. can tell yeah. that was it was pushing the ps3 to every last limit it had but my goodness the storytelling joel and ellie like troy baker ashley johnson like unbelievable like absolutely unbelievable mm-hmm. like both of them put put forth some great performances and that ending again like I fucking hate how much I love that ending because like I I hate it so much in terms of the decisions that are made. But like, I also love it because you're like, damn, that's a fucking great ending. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's a that's a game that I don't know if I would say it's necessarily fun to play. Like, I don't think I had fun, but Mm. it definitely keeps you keeps you going, keeps you interested and yeah, that first scene. Time. Oh my yes. god! Like it just—it just literally reaches into your chest and rips out your heart in the first ten minutes. And you're like, I have to play a whole game now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely <laughs> like play fifteen you. hours. Of this. <laughs> yeah, it sets the tone very quickly. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my god! Like, that was you know rough. what you're in for. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely gonna do a replay of that before two comes out, and I don't know if I'm ready for it. You know, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I want to. When does two come out? May. Did it get May 29th. To? Yeah, so yeah. I've got um I've got it loaded on my PS4 but it's the same thing. I I get to it on my crossbar and I'm like I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm yeah. not ready right you now. You know, it's like you have to mentally prepare <laughs> yeah. for that. Yep. All right, number 5 is 2012's Fire Emblem Awakening. I Ooh. was gonna put 3 Houses because that was my game of the year 2019. Love that game. <laughs> but uh, when I think of the renaissance that Fire Emblem has had, Fire Emblem Awakening is really what made put that series on the map for the masses. I'm um, sure there was people who played on GameCube or the previous Nintendo systems, but having that this new, like the new um, style of it on the 3DS, I mean, it really. I never knew about Fire Emblem games before Fire Emblem Awakening. So that's what caused me to like go back and look at the series, but that really put it on the map for me and it's it's truly truly excellent. And again, that's another one really well-written characters. Um it's that strategy chess-like uh movements. It's truly fantastic. Number 4 
is 2015's The Witcher 3. I just started playing that because oh. of the show. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, hasn't like everyone started playing it because of the show? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, no one's going to finish play this game forever. But uh, this was a this is a, a good excuse to finally start it. And it, it comes at a good time of the year because I was actually looking at the release calendar. And I don't really have a game I'm super interested in until like maybe Doom Eternal. So I have a couple months right now where I have some free time. Yeah. So. I, I this is a perfect time to start a fucking two hundred hour game. <laughs> yeah, that's um I I remember my first experience with it. it. Really wasn't until I got to the Bloody Baron quest and I was like, holy mm. shit, this is really good. Yeah, and oh, um yeah. I think mm. I remember a lot of talk around it because I played it late because I didn't get it when it first came out. I got it like a that December and I think it came out like in a May. I think it was a May release or something. And yeah. um, I remember everyone taking that picture of the note inside the box when you opened it up and it had like that red letter from CD um, Project Red that said like, thank you for supporting us. The, this this many DLCs are going to be free for you guys, which was like the um, the different outfits and stuff. People taking pictures and posting that all over the Internet and being like, developers, take note because this is really cool. Like, yeah, a little thank you note in the box and. That's probably one of my most distinctive memories. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a chance. And I'm so glad I did because it's like one of the best stories I've ever played. It's truly excellent. The world is oh, just, yeah. it's, it, the world is so like well-crafted. Yes. And like it helps that it's based on something. So like it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of all there, but it's like at the same time, like the developers like alone, like how much they added to like the mythos. Yes. Because like all of like the story stuff is like outside of the books. Like all like the characters, the sort of like the rules and like the world is all taken from the books, but like the storyline is totally original to just the games. Yeah. Which so it's like that's all them. And just like it's like one of those games where it's like they didn't like they didn't were they weren't just throwing in filler at some point where like, oh we have this huge world I mean, some of the quests are, like, obviously, like, side, very side quests to, like, uh, go, you know, pick up these signposts that someone knocked down or whatever. It's, like, stuff like that. But even then, it's not just that. It's, like, right. there's something else to it. It's, like, oh, you, it's, like, these guys were knocking it down. Now you got to get into a fistfight with them. It's, like, even this, like, there's side quests that are more interesting than, like, main quest lines. Yeah. And yeah. other RPGs. It's, like, it's insane. It's, like, every single thing is, like so meticulously you know crafted to be like oh this feels like a world it's not just like go find 10 you know dandelions and and return them to me for you know some reason i don't know oh yeah i'm already getting overwhelmed with all the side quests like (laughs) i i i I think i just am at the bloody baron quest line right now i did the first part of it so i'm still working on that Mm -hmm. one so like i'm at the part where it's like starting to kind of pick up but yeah, I'm already like overwhelmed because I have a, a list of side quests I can do. Some are like I'm not at the level yet, so I'm kind of trying to get my level up. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's it's good. The first time I picked it up, because I'm a side quest queen, I I will do all side quests before <laughs> yeah. I do anything. The Witcher's actually I feel that. it's like the opposite. You have to level up to do the side quests rather than leveling yeah, because you don't the... get a lot yeah. of experience points for the side quests. Yes, so no. uh, that was. And the first time I had put it down was because I could not, I kept getting my ass kicked by these wraiths in one of the main story missions. And I was like, <laughs> why does this keep happening to me? And I, I it was, uh, or no, it was a contract, I think it was. And Was it the nude wraith? 
at the well? I think so. Was that a the, story? The mission devil in the well. That's a side mission. Yeah, so yeah, it was a side mission, well. and I could, yeah. I was like, why is this kicking my ass? And then I w- went on to, like, Game Facts, and I was like, what is happening? And they were like, you need to do the main story, and that will level you up, and then you can go back and do yeah. all these, and it won't be yeah. any problem. Yeah, I was like, you right. have to, yeah that's, that's what I did. I'd, like, I'd do all the side quests I could possibly do until, like, there weren't any left, or they were all too high level for me. Yeah. Then yeah. I would do the main story mission. Yes. Yeah. That's, a, that's the approach enough, I'll take. i doing side quests. Yeah. But I've heard because I've heard a lot of people yeah. talk that they don't like the combat. I honestly think the combat's fine. Like it's it's a little cumbersome at first. Mm-hmm. I never had but, an ish, I mean, really huge issue with it, honestly. Yeah, I always I feel like the it's kind of with the um yeah. the short, quick movements. Ah, uh, okay. And that I found that to be mm, the most fluid I think it can be. I don't remember what the yeah. other yeah. two. I, I put all my points into like yeah, I think it was the combat tree. Mm-hmm. Like I put almost everything in the combat because. There's certain things that like give you like once like the the like some of the what, final tier upgrades yeah. are like you get extra adrenaline points or whatever and when you have full oh, adrenaline yeah, yeah. points you can cast all your signs at max level. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like you just need that and you don't even need to upgrade your signs like cuz you'll have almost always full adrenaline you could just cast them at full level right. anyway. Yeah. It's so good like, to know. That's my that recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> um that was also I remember in addition to combat complaints there was also complaints about Geralt's movement and I think they went in and added a movement setting so that it's more like traditional walking. So remember, it's like lumber. he lumbers around and it can be kind of frustrating when you're trying to walk and run. And there's another, there's now a setting. Oh in the yeah, menu now. That you can go back. Because I mean, now, whenever I, whenever I go from walking to running, he goes pretty quickly. Yeah, it might, they might have changed it to like a default to it. But I, Maybe. when you had first, yeah, I think so. Yeah, when you had first got the game, when it, they first released it and you were playing it, it was like him, but it was like, real to life walking it was very strange to get used <laughs> it's kind of like weird gta yes. like walking where you're kind of like oh you're yes. like, yeah oh shit you're here like we a, go again like accelerating and slowing it's like it's weird jello man yeah it's i think <laughs> it's, it's definitely strange. got updated because uh, it's definitely better than cal and jedi fallen order i'll tell you that much <laughs> holy shit that dude runs fucking weird and that's why i'm so excited he's just like for he cyberpunk like like, he's a jedi <laughs> <laughs> he's got the control of the force but not his fucking arms <laughs> so they taught me to run the <laughs> All right. What's uh, what's your next one? Where are we on your list? Is this, this five is, or four? This is now number three. Whoa, three. I know. Number three is 2015's Bloodborne. All right. All um, right. Steve, we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but um, yes. Bloodborne, I think I like Dark Souls 1 the most, but Bloodborne is definitely up there. It allows you to play more aggressively, whereas traditional Dark Souls is like a sword and shield and and um, you're kind of watching your enemy's movement and moving with your enemy. Bloodborne encourages you to be as aggressive as humanly possible. And there's even a mechanic in which you can get your life back if you hit them at the same, at a specific time in their attack. So... Um, yeah. It rewards you for even being super aggressive. Um, 
And like we were saying, I think it turns a lot of people off in the very beginning of the game because that first area feels very overwhelming. There's just a ton of really tough enemies, um, but it is truly not indicative Fucking of the rest of the game. Beast. As soon as you beat Father Gascon and you go through the cathedral, it turns into that more traditional Souls-like linear experience. And you're getting that whole ambiance of the gothic, um, the gothic castles and ghouls and creatures. And it's just... It's aesthetically one of my favorite games I've ever played, and it's mechanically one of my favorite games I've ever played, and yeah. I think it's just, it's absolutely incredible. I'm probably going to boot it up before March Madness hits this year. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I love it. I would encourage anybody to try, I think, was it a PS Plus game? I don't remember. It, yeah, that's that's how I actually have it, because, fun fact, this is, back when, like, it first came out, I think in 2015, uh... I didn't really know much about it other than it was like a well, it was like a well acclaimed PS4 game. So I went and bought it and uh, I fired it up and I was like, wow, (laughs) this game is kicking the shit out of me. (laughs) And so I obviously did never got sold on it. But when it came out on PS plus, I downloaded it again. And like I was saying, like, like I completely agree with you mechanically. It's, it's very fluid. Mm -hmm. Once you get the hang of the combat, it is a very satisfying game. The problem with me is I got to that main one. I got like the last, th- that first boss down to like a quarter health and then it killed me. And I was like, Ugh. I just got so dejected because I was like, I had to go all the way back. And then I got distracted by other games, which is always what happens with Bloodborne because it's never high enough on my list right. where I will play it over some other game. Right. And so I do have to give a shout out to our good friend Reese, who always calls in because he has offered to assist me next time I do fire it up. So next time I do fire it up, I'm going to shoot Reese a text and and he'll help me get through that first part so I can really get into it. Because that, like you said, you're you're spot on. That part is very overwhelming because there's a lot going on and it's not so much that they're super difficult, but there's a lot at once. So you kind of have to figure out like who you're going to try to take out first to make it so you're fighting as least like as uh, as minimal of them as possible because if they all get on you at once you're kind of fucked. <laughs> yep. There's um I remember when the game before it came out um there's a Souls YouTuber his name begins with an E and it escapes me right now but he does walkthroughs and tips for all of the from software Soulsborne games. Yep. And he, when he was first, they flew him out so that he could test Bloodborne. Um, and he was in that first area and he was kind of maneuvering his way through it. And he got to that first big um, center square where everyone was attacking him. And he was kind of figuring oh, yeah. out his way through it. He only died a couple times. And the game director gave a disappointed sigh. And he looked up at him and he was like, what? He was like, what's the matter? He goes... Oh, you're supposed to die a lot. <laughs> so oh my I can't, god. <laughs> so I, I I'm trying to I've always thought that was an interesting anecdote and um I think he tells that in the first yeah. part of his his Bloodborne playthrough. I Jeez. I'll have to figure out what that is and I'll tweet it or something, but it was really Good lord. Um I thought that was really funny and pretty close to what exactly what happens to you in that first area and then once you can maybe i'll have to uh i'll have to shout out you next time i i sign on to that too and apparently you might be able to sherpa me through some of this too like i said once you get past (laughs) that and the game goes more traditional linear it allows you to start your memorization patterns and figure things out and it's just oh yeah it's so good it's so good all right keep that in mind all right uh my number two 
is 2017's Persona 5. Ooh. I see this is good because I don't think either of us have played yeah, that. It's not so this be is good. Yeah. <laughs> know, yeah. That's where like Christine Christine's played Persona. So I thought we she were gonna would have had more to contribute. I thought I was gonna get roasted <laughs> for not having Persona four golden on here, but I think pound for pound Persona is a better game. Persona four golden has better store I'm even hesitant to say that. I mean, if anybody wants to argue with that, argue about that, we could argue about it at PAX or whatever. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Persona Five is, I thought, hit like a meteorite. I thought everybody who was interested in JRPGs or Persona games, um, everybody was playing it. I remember looking at my friends list, and it was one of those games where it was like Persona Five, Persona Five, Persona Five. And <laughs> um, not only that, but that was the most people going for like that I knew that were going for that platinum because that's a game that yes it is a minimum like 90 hour 16 to 90 hour time commitment but everything's yeah. attainable on that trophy list so it's a pretty popular platinum to go through um it has missable right. trophies which is a cardinal sin but I give it a pass because it has an incredible story incredible characters that are deep and multifaceted and the story has twists and turns and it's so stylish in the music i'm not a huge games music person but i absolutely purchased this album and i put it on my itunes and i listen to it all the time um <laughs> rivers in the desert is the best song on that whole soundtrack <laughs> and um i mean it is it's turn-based combat, so I think that's kind of hard for people to people who don't like it to get into it. But I yeah. mean, there's really there's really nothing like those Persona games, and it's hard when you're trying to give an elevator pitch, and it's like it's turn-based combat in dungeons half the game, the other half the game you're in school and you read books, <laughs> and you make friends. And it's like what are you talking about? You're like, where's the fun yeah. in this? <laughs> but it's really, I mean, I have never been so enamored that was that's one of those games where like i woke up early on saturday mornings and then all of a sudden like i rub my eyes and it's like midnight like those types yeah it's one of those games and i love that i'm a hundred percent am i gonna buy persona 5 royale i already own it am i gonna buy the same exact game for one new character a hundred percent like i'm there you go <laughs> i'm in for it so persona 5 so they two. got you roped in yeah and number one this was tough, but it was also easy. Zelda Breath of the Wild, 2017. <laughs> Ooh. I... Strong disagree. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's a good Zelda game. I'm going to be, like, very honest with you, but I think it's an awesome game. I've, I played that straight for months. I didn't touch anything else. Mm. I was so obsessed with it. Say what you will about the weapon degradation and hate it all that but i mean <laughs> buy some amiibos steve and then you can just like cheese the amiibos and get weapons all day but maybe i'll have to do that but i <laughs> no i'm not gonna give in to nintendo's blood wishes <laughs> they're so cute they're so... that's what they want you to think <laughs> so your your I... thumbs are bleeding because of these amiibos and you're like but it's adorable and it's like <laughs> when i think about breath of wilds like oh the story is really like not that good <laughs> <laughs> the weapon system kind of sucks but it's <laughs> 
but it's an amazing game. I can't <laughs> the put best it game down. Of the I started no Master part. Mode last year, which is literally the weapons degrade faster and the enemies are stronger. Oh my god, and that's what makes it harder. <sighs> but it's like it forces you to play in a different way, and it's just man, I fucking love that game. I I that <laughs> is to me to me honestly. I know it's like a perfect game with all of its negatives. I think it's like a perfect. I think game. that's the sign of a perfect game. Is <laughs> all the negatives like, yeah, and all about it, and you're like, and you only list like bad things, and they're like, wait, what? And you're like, it's the greatest game ever. Well, I yeah, hate it. I, I hate it so that. much. It's the it's the best game. <laughs> they also did really cool stuff with sound, where um, you're just like running through a field, and you can hear every blade of grass, and then it has like mm. little um, one or two. I, notes. Yeah, I, I mean, will say that's cool. And, like, the traversal. Like, yeah. the ability to pretty much climb everything, that's cool. But I will say, I played this because um, I got my Switch at the end of 2017, like, right around Christmas time. And so, naturally, I, I grab Breath of the Wild and I buy it. But think of 2017. Horizon Zero Dawn came out in February, and then the Frozen Wilds DLC came out in November. So, I had just played through the Frozen Wilds, mm-hmm. which is, like just as good of an open world but way more action-packed um, <laughs> and so i go from that to playing breath of the wild and i was like god damn i'm so bored and why are my clubs breaking after every hit like i was hoarding clubs because i didn't want to use my good sword to fight these enemies so i was like i'll carry 15 clubs that way when the clubs break i can just keep using them but i won't ever use this awesome sword i, I oh god it was just so annoying <laughs> I also want to shout out Zelda's voice actress because that's what I think of too. Link, like that, that Link, oh. Link. Fun fact about so we have a just a team chat for like the for me, Matt, Christine, and Matt M. And for uh, about two years now, the picture on Discord has just been shirtless Link. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, that was Matt Anyone Martinez who did that, that one. Yeah, just so, <laughs> throw that out there, <laughs> little tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a that's a hell of a list. Yeah, so that's my ten. I've got nothing from twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, which I was oh crazy. To I got me, a few. But... <laughs> I got a few.